episode 16 of the Rishi's Radio Podcast, a podcast that specializes in horological hauntings, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brodinky. What is, on, what is going on, Brodinkis? How are you doing? Uh, you know, my day started a little rough today, but it got much, much better. I just got back from having a little cigar and scotch with some friends, uh, celebrating. I, I procured a little raise at work today, so that was very nice. Uh, congratulations. Probably have to buy a watch now. That's that's like the rule. Hey, setting the speed King Seiko. coming down. The- yeah. No, not that kind of raise. <laughs> King Seiko raise. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, that would be a nice way to commemorate that. Oh, yeah. No, no that's cool. It's a, you know, I uh, I put in a lot of work this year, so. Yeah, thought absolutely. it was right to ask for, and I got it. So that was cool. Um, a pretty cool thing though. I was out with a couple uh, older guys, and it just came up in passing about watches and stuff. He's like, "Oh, my two sons are really into watches." And one of the guys goes, "Oh, do they know who he is?" And I was like, "I, I don't bring it up. Like, I don't bring up the yeah, yeah. or anything." But what? But one of the guys I'm close with, and he brought it up, and he's like, "I don't know." And he's he he like texted him, and they're like, "He's like, oh, they heard of you." And I'm like, "Dude, this is wild, man." <laughs> <laughs> this is like such a crazy life. Yeah, man. Well, you're growing. Your page is it's... constantly growing every day. So, and hey, I mean, I check those uh, listener analytics every week, man. Every week they're going up. It's 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 kind of it's fun. I mean, it's it's a little surreal, but it's fun still. So yeah, that's always absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this you know, making content for 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 whether it's memes or or whether it's you know podcast episodes, it's it's the best part of what we do. So we get to share that with the community. Going... Make no mistake, it is work, folks. Yes, it's exhausting. Pimp, pimping ain't easy. Yeah, yeah. We record episodes very late. We got families. We got you know other things that we have going on in our lives. So it's not always easy to sit down and take the time to do it. But we nah, do it for you guys. Coming up love with it. coming up with ideas for stuff is not always easy, man. That's right. That's right. So, bro, what do we have on the docket for today's conversation? Appropriately. I thought not only from coming up with this idea, but also in connection with, I don't know if you saw this article recently, I think it was uh, RJ Brewer wrote it on Fertello about how high prices and scarcity and investors are kind of ruining the hobby for people. Yeah, Yeah. I guess a combination of it all was sort of inspiring in the fact that it's kind of like a prohibitive hobby for some people now. Like it's not easy to get into. I was, I had to explain this to, to my friend when we were out. I was like, you, yeah. you can't walk off the street. I said, if you walk into a Rolex dealer with 20 grand and say, I want a popular, a regular run of the mill popular model, they'll just tell you no. And yeah. he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's a thing, man. It really is. And yeah, it's, it's a shock for yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've actually had that conversation with a lot of people who, you know, that I know in my personal life that are, you know, casual, people that are maybe looking to get into watches and the same thing. Like, yeah, man, you know, I, I know you work, you know, and, and, and you have worked with other brands and all these things. And uh, they've told me flat out, you know, I, I'm ready when I'm ready to go. I want to buy a Rolex. And I'm like, hey, I got to be honest with you, man. Like, good luck. Well, what do you mean? I was like, you can't buy them. I don't understand. It's like, I have money. Like, like how, do you, how do you break the news to a, a newbie like that? And how do you make them understand that even if they've achieved or amassed that amount of wealth in order to be able to spend on something like that, that they still can't get it? It's a it's a weird thing, man. Yeah, it's I I almost have to equate it to being like almost high fashion at this point where things are, I guess, in I'm going to use air quotes on demand so much that you have to go over sticker like a popular car. You have to go over sticker sometimes. Yeah, that's what it is. But with all that coming into play, there's going to be people who either have to, you know, we say a lot of times that you have to buy what you like, buy what you like. It gets a little cliche. It does. But can what happens if you can't buy what you like, right? Now you have to find either other things to buy or you have to get out. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, getting out for me is not an option. I just got to figure out strategically what I'm going to purchase. <laughs> yeah. But so you have people who might be looking to branch out from what, Maybe the mass media covers a ton of because a lot of it you can't even touch. Right. Maybe find something in the meantime if they're on a wait list or they're trying to save up for something. If they're going to pay a gray market price, that's not easy to do. Maybe you need you're just trying to quench that thirst in the in the meantime or 
some people just want a quality time piece that maybe isn't so so mainstream and so we put together a little episode and it's it's i guess it's somewhat about sleepers i don't want i don't want to overuse the term sleeper because i feel like when people hear sleeper they think like super niche micro brands or like way off independence i'm thinking more things you can walk off the street and buy yeah. that either maybe they don't get a lot of love or maybe they're just not that popular or maybe you have experience with it and you think it's great and people should know about it so sleeper in that realm and we have a, a few price categories we're going to go under a thousand under three thousand under five thousand under ten thousand and then for fun over ten thousand but not crazy we're not going to go like you know i'm not going to go bash on perpetual calendar or anything there <laughs> let's keep it in the real uh the realm the of, realm of reality let's let's just try to say that yeah, like yeah, if you're like, going to go you're going to buy a ten thousand dollar plus watch what would you buy realistically without killing your mortgage right right without taking yourself completely off the map so yeah yeah, yeah. That's our guideline, I guess we're going to go with. Okay. All right. And so I guess we're just going to volley it back and forth, kind of like sure. usual. Sure. And, so uh, we'll start We'll start with the uh, with the sub 1,000, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We'll just work our way up. Um, you cool. want to take the first or you want me to take the first? Yeah, I'll take the first. Um, okay. Just because this was, a, this was an interesting exercise for me because it was difficult when I started going through this and really starting to evaluate, because you and I have talked about a lot of different watches in the podcast over 16 episodes. And I really wanted to try to focus on stuff that we hadn't mentioned as often, or if we had mentioned those brands and we're, we mentioned other pieces or something like that, that maybe, as you said, are a little less, uh, a little bit more mainstream. And, and I wanted to bring something that was maybe a little bit off the beaten path. So um, the first brand that I chose uh, was Nevada Grenchen. Um, nice. They have it, it. You know, it's a cool brand. Uh, it's a resurrected brand. The resurrected brand. They have a lot of different models. They have an incredible uh, back catalog that they're now pulling from. Um, and more specifically, uh, they just dropped a new model that's on their website called the Super Antarctic. It is such a good looking watch. Thirty eight millimeter, automatic, vintage inspired, and the nice thing is it comes in like so many different variations. So for guys that love classic white loom, you got it. You guys, nice. you guys that like that kind of like off green white or off green loom, you got it. Guys that love the vintage patina loom, you got it. They have so many different options and uh, they've partnered with Forstner bands to make bracelets for those models as well. So they actually have like a Nevada Grenchen stamped bracelet made by Forstner. It just looks cool. It satiates all, all the vintage vibes, but in a modern watch. From a brand with cool with cool history and cool story, and they have a very distinctive design language that is uniquely their own, and that's the one thing I really like about them. You know, they have some stuff that's borrowed, you know, conceptually maybe from other stuff. Like they have their uh, their Chronomaster, and uh, it's got a broad arrow hand. Yeah, kind of looks like the broad arrow hand that was used in the Speedy and used on the the Seamaster three hundred, but. When you look at the rest of the watch, it's completely different. So, yeah, like um, the depth masters, like the the baby panel, yeah, that. that's yeah, a cool baby, watch, though. Yeah, Pac Man dial. Yeah, the Pac Man dial. Yeah, exactly. I, like I mean, just funky fonts and it's like weird stuff. Um, but their back catalog is impressive. It's immense, um, and it's really cool to see their 1950s and 1960s watches coming back in a modern way. It's a cool brand to to get into. So, uh, they're super Antarctic looks amazing high dome crystal i mean it just it looks very good clean. and i think yeah very clean and i think the price point is around 700 us um which is not bad in my opinion at all so it's uh it's a very cool looking watch and again at 38 millimeters the lug to lug is like 45 or something like that so this is a pretty compact size um obviously up more on the vintage styling but in line with modern taste and sensibility without being too big. I think that they if had they made this a 40, maybe that would have been a little bit too much. But 38, 45 mil lug to lug, I just think it looks awesome. And for around $700, well under a thousand, um, you're getting a really cool watch from, from a classic brand. So and they've got a couple bracelets. So you get a beads of rice or a, what looks like a stretch rivet or a plain rivet. Yeah, so there's a there's a stretch rivet, there's the the beads of rice, and then there's a ladder, uh, like kind of like the bond clip style. Yeah, um, all of those are made by Forstner, specifically for uh, Nevada Grenchen. 
So they instead of having the Force Room logo, they'll have the 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 Nevada uh, logo on the clasp, which is cool. Oh, that's awesome. So they partner with them because I mean, classically, people were putting those bracelets on those watches anyway in the fifties right. and the sixties, right? So why not just lean into it and have a brand that already does this really well? Just make your stuff. Yeah, they make really smart. Great it's smart. <laughs> Shout out to you, Forstner. One of these days. <laughs> one of these days, I'll be able to call you my actual friend, right? I've got one for you here. And this is a, a watch I actually have experience with. Um, it's not, this isn't incredibly, like I said, it's not super off the beaten path here. It's a Hamilton. This is, okay. this is probably my favorite name because it's so ridiculously long. Like, I don't know who thought of this, but it's the Hamilton Khaki Pilot Pioneer Mechanical. <laughs> Comes in at 845 bucks. You can get it for cheaper elsewhere also. Keep that in mind. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little piloty watch in a 36 by 33 W10 style tonneau shaped yeah, yeah. case. This is the barrel like, shape. Yeah, it's a it's a brush steel case. And you can get it on, it, it only comes on straps, so NATO or leather, NATO. Little hand winder, 80-hour Hamilton caliber. It's got those khaki vibes to it where it's got the railroad minute track, the cream loom, the big Arabic numbers, so it's plenty legible. And it's 100 meters too, which is nice. No way. Yeah, but great little package. Wears super good, really compact. I, I had this watch for a little bit, and yeah, it was just something I wound up moving on from, but... I really, really liked it, and it was a really great wear, I have to say. And it's, it's just one of those things. I feel like Hamilton provides a ton of value, and people just – they don't get slept on because people always DM me and be like, I know a ton of people who love Hamilton. but Yeah, but it's always a few key pieces, right? Like yeah. I would say between this one and its normal khaki brother, right, like the 38-millimeter military khaki. Yep. People are going to gravitate towards that one more before they're going to gravitate to this one. Yeah, this one's definitely a smaller watch. And that's what I like about it. But the, the yeah. case shape makes it wear really nice because it's kind of oblonged like that. Yeah. So it really it, it kind of really sits right in the middle of your wrist, which I really, really enjoy in wearing a watch. I, I can't stand when a watch is constantly not overhanging, but like when it kind of bobbles back and forth over your wrist. Yeah. It's that's when I know I'm like, this isn't for me. Gotcha. Eight forty-five retail, and you can probably get it for six elsewhere. It, it's, yeah, exactly. It's and again, these are all all the prices that we're going to mention are retail prices. Um, depending on the brand, you'll probably be able to find this maybe for a little bit less uh, through different aspects of of retail spaces or whatever, or you know, local ads. So just keep in mind, this is retail stuff. So if you guys are able to find it for lower, then cool, no problem. Uh, yeah. Bro, do you know what the power reserve was that on that one? Was it high? 80 hours. 80 hours. Yep. Okay. So this it's that is movement like, they dropped into the newer khakis when like when they introduced the white yeah, dial. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 80 hours. That's that's nuts. Man. Not too shabby. That's nuts. So um, all right. So that's your that's your under 1000 pick. Mm -hmm. Uh moving on to under 2000. So Three. um under 3000. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. This was this is this is a difficult exercise for me because there was a, a lot of things that I liked that were under three thousand, but they were closer to the two thousand dollar mark. And the problem with that is, like, I felt like I wanted to push the envelope a little bit higher and see what I could get more for my money. Uh, so I'm going to start out and just say that I was not able to find something that I would actively want under three thousand dollars. <laughs> So um, I failed at this exercise, but what I wanted to, to, to highlight here was even though I w didn't find something under 3000, I didn't want to settle either. Right. Um, so my, my pick for this is 3000 ish. So the watch that I'm looking at is retail at $3,500. Um, it's a Norcane Neverest, the new night site that they came out with. And I chose this watch for a few different reasons. Norcane's a cool up-and-coming brand. All of the movement design that they're producing today is in-house and their chronometer spec, um, which is very cool. And even more impressive is their respective in-house movements are actually made in the same factory as Tudor and a few other brands. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, so you're getting in a, real, a really, really high-grade movement. 
it's its own independent manufacturer. Um, it's not a base of a Salida or or an ETA movement. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just its own different architecture, which I I respect. Um, and the reason why I like the 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 Neverest Night site um, is just something that I don't own. I don't have a DLC watch. I don't have anything in full black, and I definitely don't have a fully loomed dial, which this one is. And I think that that's really cool. Uh, to even take it a step further and, and say it's a little bit more nerdy, um, it's X1 Superluminova, which is the new generation of, of Superluminova. Um, it has the highest glowing power and the highest intensity and the highest uh, staying or longevity in terms of stay. So um, it's a it's a really impressive design. Something I think is a little bit more sporty and modern, but nothing that I have in my collection now that, you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to snake out a few heck, extra hundred dollars more to get what I really want. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of the Night Diver you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just like, I, I, and I've mentioned, I just don't have anything like that, you know. And I, if if I was gonna do a military or a tactical or blacked out watch, I wanted to look like that. Two hundred meter, nice chronometer. I mean, in house, two hundred meters, decent size, fully loomed dial, new gen super luminova, for thirty five hundred bucks, and. And that's the middle price one, right? Because they have one that's on a bracelet. It's a little bit more. It's like 38, yep. 39. Then they have one that's kind of like on an Erica's original style strap. Okay. You know, the, the stretchy fabric strap. The PJ. PJ. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's, you know, 3,400. So I opted for the rubber, which is my personal favorite at 35. That's what I uh, But, you know, just a really great watch. Now, again, that's retail. Maybe a year or two from now, you might find an AD looking to move it out of inventory. You might find it on Chrono for a little bit less, um, which I imagine would be the case. But certainly something I would add to my collection because it's just nothing that I have. So sorry I didn't hit the under three mark, but I'm willing to go a little bit over if it makes sense. And don't forget, I I feel like people sleep on used watches. Like I've bought so many watches used. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. As long as you find somebody who doesn't have like one post only you know <laughs> he comes highly recommended from one person <laughs> but if you have somebody Remember. who sold off plenty of watches it's probably somebody who buys and sells all the time as yeah if they don't have anybody dinging up their reputation they're probably all right i mean i've saved a lot of money buying used watches well i'll, I'll say this too just remember psa ladies and gentlemen buy this seller do your research by the seller we talked about that briefly on the last episode but we're going to reiterate it here since bro brought it up Okay, my under three pick. Now, it's funny you were talking about coming in around two grand and regretting it, leaving money on the table. Yeah. My pick, it starts at around 21, 2200, goes up to about 28. So this will fill okay. fill the whole void more or less. But okay. Okay. it can be found in relatively cheap form. This is the Longine Spirit Collection. I don't know if you've seen uh, these. Yes, yes, They're yes. very classy the looking. The titanium one is at the higher end. Right, yes. Yes, okay. And so yeah, yeah. you can get That's a few a different choice. flavors. A few different flavors of this one. First of all, I, f- I just want to say I feel like Longine, despite having a pretty big name, is pretty slept on. I would say yes, based on maybe overall notoriety, but no based on sell-through. Um, because I do know that when I was still working and selling watches, they were the number two brand for the all swatch group behind Omega. And I would believe that based on their, probably their sponsorships. Like I see, they yeah. do a lot of like horse racing, golf. Exactly. Those, those are people who are buying watches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And buying a lot of watches. And again, price points are different. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're number two for swatch group worldwide, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Whisk community. I feel like they're probably underappreciated if I could say. Uh, 100%. 100%. But so you can get this bad boy in either 40 or 42. That's 12 right. mils thick, which is great. That's a nice, pretty slim watch. Blue, green, black. I, I, can't, I, don't, I couldn't tell if the last one was silver or white from the mock-up. But 100 meters, chronometer for all those King Seiko haters. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, offered in titanium with no date. And this is the reason I wanted personally the, the, the lower end uh, 40 mil, which is the 2100, because... yeah. The 42 mil has that awkward where the date window cuts into the three. 
Yeah. Which I'm not a huge fan of. And I understand why that happens. I just don't like the way it looks. So yeah. I would go with the cheaper one. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, too, a watch like that, because there's basically no bezel. It's a very thin bezel. Yes. It kind of maximizes the dial aperture a little bit. I would it's going to wear larger, you know. So I I personally, it's like I, I said before about Nomos many episodes ago. Yes. It's like I yes. always size down with them because a 38 does not wear like a 38 in Nomos. A 38 wears like, you know, or a 35 wears like a 38. 38 wears like a 42 for them because of how thin the bezels are. So. It's interesting, but yeah, I would I would totally be on the forty. And I'm finding uh, with my picks here that I'm I'm I've got a little bit of a theme going, and you'll probably put it together as I'm going here. I had a hard time choosing between these two because I, there's also another Longine that I really really like, and that's yeah. the uh, Avigation Big Eye Chrono. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, and I've had I've had experience with that one too. It's it's a thick boy because I'm I'm pretty sure it's got a seventy seven fifty in it. Yeah, I think so. But it's a 42 millimeter, but the design is so good. Oh, yeah. That it, big it, eye. Oh. And the story. Did you hear the story about that watch? Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I heard somebody had this watch and brought it to them, and it was like, hey, you guys made this. Check this out. Yes. And they were like, we've made this? <laughs> yes, that's 100% what happened. So a very established collector that specialized in, like, you know, chronographs of the 30s and 40s, specifically Longines, because they've been associated with flight and pilots for forever. This watch existed, and this dude owned it. Longines Swatch Group and their museum curation team had no idea this watch was even real. And so he brought it to their attention at either a meetup or some type of event or something, and he worked with them to, to release it for a new production. Um, and they were able to go back in the archives and find this watch. But basically, nobody knew that this watch was real or nobody knew that it existed. It was like so a cool. one of one, basically, which is which is so crazy, but so cool at the same time. But yeah. And they came out with a titanium version not too long ago of the Aviation Big Eye. It's kind of got like a gradient blue dial. It I was going to say out. blue dial. Yep. Yeah. It's it looks sick. It looks really sick. That's yeah. a, if it's a cool. If watch. you like a chunkier watch, that's a great watch for you. Like if if you're, I know some people are into the into the thick. They like that feel of a a Panerai, or they like the feel of a big Chrono, a big Breitling, or something. That is a, a watch for you, and it's not too pricey. You can get it very reasonably. I I think I've seen them either used or secondary market for like below two. I'm talking like sixteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and and again, it's a cool watch. I love how asymmetrical the subdials are with the big eye on the right. It just looks it looks looks cool i'm like how many people are gonna have that you're gonna show up to a meetup very Maybe few. someone will but very few yeah very few well i'll say this since i wasn't able to meet my 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 threshold of under three thousand dollars um i did have a couple honorable mentions that were closer to that two thousand so i'll just throw those out real quick um one of one of mine was actually a long jeans as well Ooh. uh but a little bit more dressy i went with a long jeans tuxedo dial um, which is a 1930s piece. It's got like an off cream or ecru color um, inside dial. And there's like a black outer ring. It just looks very good. Very, very Art Deco style period watch. Um, that was certainly something that I would want to own and wear, um, tuxedo or not. Um, and the other one that I chose was the new Hamilton Intramatic Mechanical. So it's the manual wind version of the Hamilton Intramatic Chronograph. Oh, and yeah. They released two models last year, um, one with the black dial, one with like a cream dial as well, leather strap or mesh bracelet. It's like a panda and a reverse panda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. And I tried this watch on. Man, I wanted to pull the trigger so bad. I was like, this is $2,000. It's like I'm saving for a moon watch. I'd rather buy the moon watch, you know. But I looked at that too. I did. But one, but 100%. Um, if I, if I had the cash in hand, 100%, I would run out to my AD today and buy one. It's a very cool watch. Um, it's, it just, it, it feels like you're wearing something just plucked right out of the sixties and the mesh price. It's phenomenal. It's not some looks mesh so you're going to, yeah, it's, it's not some chintzy mesh you're going to buy off of eBay or Alibaba or whatever. Like it's very well done. The, 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 the plant clasp on it's fantastic. Um, they really knocked it out of the park. The only criticism 
um, that some people in the watch community have had about this watch is just the overall thickness because they weren't really able to decrease this thickness that much in comparison to the automatic version because the automatic version is a very thick movement. This one, I think they maybe decrease the thickness by a millimeter or so. It's basically negligible. Yeah. But, you know, given it's manual wine, they're like, well, it should be thinner. I get all that. Um, it might be a big concern for somebody if this is their only watch. But like you said, with the with the uh, the navigation, like it's a big boy, like embrace it, wear it, love it. Like it's a watch. Use it. Find the right know. strap for it. I feel like that's another yeah. thing. You, you got to find the right strap for watches like that because it, it'll make or break your wearing experience. And, and also for me, it's always about the situation. You know, like if I'm going to go out and make a statement at the bar, or do something, you know, grill out back, you know, I don't need to worry or care about trying to hide my watch under a shirt cuff. I want people to see my watch, you know, like it's it's kind of one of those things. Now, if you're in a more formal or business environment, then OK, maybe you are a little bit more discreet. But, you know, for me, it's always been a conversation started to have a nice watch on and somebody to notice it and start talking about it. And I think that that's very cool. And in a watch like that would certainly get good and positive attention. I agree. So, I think you're right. So now that I went off on that little tangent, I'll let you hit the the under 5K. Okay, under 5K. First. I, I'm going to go. And I've really tried to stay away from stuff that I would normally go with here. And so I'm going with an IWC. Okay. Now, this one is a little bit off the IWC beaten path. Because you think IWC, you think Big Pilot, you think Mark, whatever number you want, or yeah. the Lapetit Prince. This is the IWC. It's just called the Pilot Automatic. It's almost like a dressy looking pilot watch. It's polished. Mm -hmm. It's 36 mils, which is also completely off the normal yeah. pilot scale. 10.4 thick, so nice and thin. 60 yeah, yeah. meters. Very, very clean design language. And even at 36 uh, mils, it's got long lugs. It'll probably wear great. It's a little more versatile than your average pilot, right? Because your pilots are usually chonky and kind of big. And they usually make that statement, right? You wear them with your military-inspired jacket or something or your, you know, your hoodie. This one, I feel like you can get away with wearing a dress shirt with. It, it's very clean. They make a really gorgeous blue dial. I'm looking at it, yeah. So this one's, a, you said 36 mil, 36 yeah? mil. Very un-IWC. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the anti-IWC, to be honest with That's kind of what I like about it, though. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I know your, your trend is, and this is maybe what you were getting at earlier, it just seems like your, your trend is scaling down size in watches. I have, I'm scaling down size, and it seems like all of these watches are made for pilots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think that that's also I mean, we've touched on this before. I think that that's kind of one of the the big places where the industry itself is going to be going here in the near future is really downsizing. We spent many years getting bloated and getting bigger in 45, 50 mils, and then that got too crazy. So we're walking it back down. Even brands that have built their entire legacy on larger watches like IWC, Panerai, they're trying to to yeah, make I mean, pieces more accessible. And we got a smaller big pilot. Yeah, yeah, the the baby big pilot, as I call it, the 43. Even if you are maybe not into, you say, if I'm going to buy an IWC, I want an IWC. Yeah, you could, you could throw a little more money in and you can get one of those uh, Spitfire automatics. Yeah, those are great. They're a little more typical. And even they come in 39 millimeter, not that big. But they're really yeah, nice. 30... They got a little little touch of that red text on there. I really like. Yeah, man. IWC does a lot of great stuff when, when it comes to highlighting stuff on their watches. You know, just a little pop of color here, a little pop of color there, a font change here. Like They do a really, really good job with, with their overall design concept and how they, how they take care of that. And my personal favorite version of this watch is the bronze, which comes in over five, so that doesn't count. But this is one of those cases I would definitely shell out extra because their bronze pilots look so good. And they age like crazy. I've heard they age pretty quickly, but in in the in like the best way. So they don't see. look I, like a, a copper pipe in my house. That, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you ever see the copper pipe look? Yes. Very, very uh, stinky metal 
very quickly. Some people flex that. I don't. I don't know if I get that, but I, I see people. They throw yeah, up a picture of like the, it looks like a moldy piece of cheese. Like yeah, just uh, not not for me, not for me at all. But I mean, I I guess I understand. Hit that thing <laughs> with the lemon. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> you gotta send it back and and get that thing polished up a little bit. You know. Um, so cool, man. So so I I'm not seeing the one in bronze though. They make it in bronze, though, you said. The 36? No, 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 not the 36. So the 39. Oh, okay, okay. 39. Okay. So there's they have a couple different um models that come in bronze. They have one that looks almost just like a fieldy pilot. Doesn't yeah. really have much of that pilot vibe to it. Looks almost more like a field watch. And then they have another one, which is the the chrono, which is so nice. Yeah, yeah. So this is a the, chrono. This one's a Mark 18, yeah? Yep. Mark 18 Heritage. 40. Mm -hmm. Is it bronze though? Oh no, this one's titanium. Okay. Looks like I'm sitting titanium too. Anyway, it looks cool. I like it. Uh, I think that that is certainly a great pick, especially given that you're going you're going small, you're going small these days, um, which I like. I like I'm not that. gonna lie. I I know I find a lot of people say that they like the feeling of heft on their wrist. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like feeling the watch wobble back and forth. I don't like it feeling like my arms getting weighed down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I find that's I find that to be a non-popular thing, and I also find that I'm I'm trending away from team bracelet, which is apparently like sacrilege, but I don't care. You know, <laughs> I I really I really think it depends on the watch. You know, like this is I mean, and and we've touched on this before. You know, offline when you and I spoke. Like I have the new the new Forstner thinness a dime bracelet on my Speedy. I love this bracelet. I love it. I get compliments on it everywhere I go because I don't have the the OEM the OEM Speedmaster bracelet. I had, a, I had an opportunity to buy the Speedmaster. I bought it on the nylon because that's what I could afford, quite frankly. Um, and that's what I got. I got the least expensive version of the Speedmaster of the new generation, right? Hesalite on the nylon deployment strap. Since then, I've been experimenting with a lot of different straps. I really don't wear the nylon often because I'm trying to preserve it. So it's on NATO. It's on single pass. And then I got this, this Forstner. And this bracelet is awesome. It's amazing. It's super light. It's very comfortable. It's easy to adjust on the fly. And it's very different of a style. Yeah, it is. Than what you would normally see out there. So people always will stop and ask you about it. But for me, I'm not so much against team bracelet. I'm more looking for things that are just not common anymore. I don't want to have the same thing as everyone else. Yeah. You know? So I love the new Speedmaster bracelet. Don't get me wrong. It is a game changer for the average consumer. Will I probably own one at some point? Yeah, maybe. But I'm also looking for something else to diversify my moon watch against the other litany of moon watches around the world. Like, yeah. I'm just, I want something different. And when I found this combination, I put it on there. I posted it um, uh, to a collector page that, I, that I'm a part of. And a lot of, I got a lot of feedback from it. People liked it. So there you go. It's cool. For me, and this is, this goes back to what I was talking about before with, with, especially with bigger watches, like, Black, anything black bay i can't wear on the bracelet i just can't it just doesn't work yeah. for me i i have to wear that watch on a rubber because nato yeah. makes it too tall i have to wear it on like a, a fitted rubber because if you if you don't have a fitted rubber there's like a giant gap <laughs> between the lug i don't know if you've ever seen yeah. that it's yes horrendous. i have especially especially on the pepsi it's like it is it's gigantic <laughs> i don't know what the hell they were thinking uh, well, no, I do they know thinking, what they were thinking. They, they, they didn't want to take away market share from Rolex. That's exactly well, what they Well, there's thinking. that, and 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 <laughs> they thought you would never take your bracelet off. Well, let's, let's be honest here. Oh, I hate that bracelet. I'm gonna be honest. a lot of people like that bracelet, the rivet. I can't stand it, and not for the rivets. I think it's really uncomfortable, and I don't like the yeah. clasp. It's a little blocky. It is, and it's I just a little think blocky. The rubber makes it amazing, In, infinitely better. Yeah. 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 Um, so cool. So for my pick, um, this is probably not too much of a surprise. Um, I've been a, a Breitling fan for a while. I don't own any Breitlings. I never have owned it, uh, any Breitlings. 
but I've always wanted to have one in my collection, specifically this model, which is the Super Ocean Heritage. However, Breitling just released a new novelty version of this watch that has a green dial with a black ceramic bezel. Comes on either the rubber strap in black, it kind of looks like the woven mesh, or the stainless steel mesh bracelet. I think the price on this is just under five at like forty seven hundred. Um, yeah, so it's like forty seven hundred on the rubber, fifty one if you go for the full steel mesh. I've always loved this watch, especially the generation two, which is what we see now um, in in terms of the hands. But this colorway, I think, looks really good. I've I've been a fan of the of the Super Ocean Heritage in blue, and certainly in black. Um, they've had a lot of great colorways over the years. This one, I know green is trending, uh, so it's no surprise as to why they did this, but I just yeah. think it, it works. You know, it's not something that I would have picked normally, um, but I was looking for something different, looking for something else to suggest. And I think this is just a cool looking watch. And it's so new that probably not a lot of people have it, um, which is why when I saw it on their website today, I was I, I was surprised because like nothing in social media has told me that this watch has been released. Yeah, kind of so, strange, right? Yeah, it's super weird. I'm like, well, this is cool. It's a new colorway. All right, cool. Like, I'm going to talk about this one because you guys may be looking for a green dial and maybe looking for a Breitling and maybe looking to buy something under 5K. There you go. You're welcome. And we were talking about this beforehand was that a lot of these watches, it's not that they're uncommon and it's not that they're so sleeper-ish. It's just they never get any coverage. Correct. Yeah, you're going to find people talking about the blue and the black. And again, it's it makes sense because... That's going to appeal to, to most of uh, most clientele. Um, but for me, you know, I want something that's going to be quality and nice and good, respectable. Um, but it's not the same watch as everybody else has. Because, again, if you go to the meetup and everyone's got the blue Super Ocean Heritage on, it's like I'm no longer special. I want to be special always. My mom told me I was special. I want my watch collection to reflect that. <laughs> Do they also make this in a chrono version? Uh, I think so yes yeah i'm looking so. at it now it looks really good it, it just it's just different you know it's a good color combination i, I think like that Breitling, handset yeah you know me too that's the that's the generation two handset with that kind of little line down the center yeah um because the original super ocean heritage just just had a broad arrow there was no like little delineation line um and the hour um the minute hand excuse me wasn't more of like that roman sword it was kind of just like a broad sword look Right. So this this newer version has a little bit more vintage cues, I think, um, which to me appeals to me better. But uh, so just good looking watch, man. They make a great mesh bracelet. I think everybody knows that, especially if you're a fan of Breitling. I mean, their mesh bracelets are some of the best in the world. So. I thought it was cool. I found it today. I'm like, you know what? This is one we're going to talk about. This is one we're going to talk about. Yeah, good choice. Moving on to under 10. So this is an interesting one because there's a ton in this range. And I'm sure everybody's going to have an opinion as to, oh, I would have picked this. I would have picked this. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to give you the watch I, I I would want and then the one that I'm going to pick for this. Okay. Knowing me, the Grand Seiko Omiwatari, it's the... It's the spring drive <laughs> with the power reserve on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I If I had $8,300 to just burn right now, I would hop all over that. Hey, man, you just that, got promoted. Yeah. I got two kids. I, I, I got plenty of expenses. <laughs> like I'm a family man. <laughs> I live in a very expensive part of the world. <laughs> yeah. I got two kids. Yeah. No, I get you. Uh, yeah, inflation. <laughs> yeah. But um, but the, this watch, this is one of those watches I can't get out of my head. It's the dial is insane. Like it looks like I can actually just jump into it and swim. Yeah, it looks nuts. But it's it's, it's, it's really good looking. Thirty nine millimeters. There's no question about 10 that. Ten mils thick. Spring drive power reserve on the back, which is always everybody's complaint. That stupid power reserve. <laughs> I I never did understand it though. Like, why do you need a power reserve for a watch that will basically keep running and then, without you wearing it? Well, the power. A lot of people hate that the power reserve goes up. It it, it like it scales yeah, up. It's, it scales yeah, up. It, people, why does it yeah. scale up? But it's the thing. But uh, and also no bracelets, so nothing for all you haters to complain about. 
Yeah. <laughs> Comes out of yeah. gear. I don't know if I don't know if anybody's have ever touched a Grand Seiko Gator. It is butter. It is, is it now buttery smooth leather, like worn in already. You don't have you don't have to break it in. It's so nice, like an old baseball glove. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that is the one I would take. And again, not too far off the beaten path there. But yeah, my choice for a sneaky under ten grand watch. Is the Blanc Pond 50 Fathoms Bathy Scaff? It's 38 mils. I knew you were going to say comes it's 38. In blue. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Mm. It gives you your classic Blanc Pond look, but it, you know, yeah. 300 meter diver, 10.8 thick in a diver, though. Yeah, yeah. That's nice because yeah. a lot of times when you get a diver that gets smaller, it gets annoyingly, for lack of a better word, I'm just going to use chody. Yeah. It's it's it gets very paint can ish looking. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. It, and it, it's uncomfortable because it's taller and not it doesn't cover enough ground lug to lug, which is really annoying. Um, which I found with the smaller SKX, the I think it's the O one three. Uh, I always yes. get the, the I yes yes once yeah, I deviate from the double O seven. Yeah, it's the O one three, not the one seven three, which is my favorite. Yeah, it's the 013. Right. Yeah. right, right. So the 013 is the smaller one. I found that when I tried that on, that the proportion didn't work as well as I would hope. I was like, oh, a smaller version of SKX. That sounds great. I, I always hated that they changed the hands. That too. Yes. That drive that drive me nuts about that is that they changed the hands. They made them feel more like stubby, I think, is kind yeah. of the way. Yeah, that I would it, agree with that. And it's just... it. Visually, everything else was cool, but the hands. Conceptually, it seems like such an ideal watch. Yeah. Really a shame. Spe- <laughs> but we said this last time, specs are not always everything. Yeah. A watch can be amazing on paper, and you put it on your wrist, and it's garbage. It is too heavy, too fat, too thick, lugs, lugs too long. I mean, you just don't know. But the specs indicated that it should have been your perfect watch. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, and this is a good indication of that. You know, yeah, but I like this watch a lot. It's that that compact. watch is cool, and this one this was in steel, yeah, or is it in titanium? You know, I'm not 100 percent sure. I it looks kind of titanium to me when I look at it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a blue one, right? Yeah, blue 430 date for all the haters out there. Yeah, 430 dates, baby. And I think you can get it on nylon or. uh or I want to say rubber. I can't remember if it's rubber or f- fabric. It might be like a sailclothy looking it, thing. Yeah, it's it's the sailcloth. Yeah, but that's, that that's that all. even looks really good though. I want to try that out. That looks the sick. Blanc Pond sailcloth is. That's I would a, expect that's, it to be good. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's one hundred percent good. But that's what the boys at Artem were trying to to kind of emulate because. Oh okay. Um the the issue is like Blanc Blanc Pond makes the best sailcloth straps in the world, but they're also extremely expensive. And there wasn't really a way to kind of put that on anything else because you're not going to buy a Blanc Pond strap and put it on your Omega or your Hamilton or whatever. So um, the guys at Artem, you know, our friends across the pond down under, they wanted to make some straps that were just as good in quality, um, but, you know, practical for everything else. So, And with this watch... You can always drop the OG Diver Flex on the sub bros. There you go. Mm. There you go. <laughs> did you uh, did you see that Artem just released a new batch of straps? I did not. They came out with their sailcloth in navy now, which I think is a sick color. And they just released a, a new run of NATO straps that probably from what I've seen in the renderings are the most close to omega this episode brought to you by artem straps yeah just kidding it's not but <laughs> definitely not we have no sponsors but no, we're going to talk about we're going to i own an artem strap and i love it so i'm going to talk about it it's, oh, you got to recommend good. what's good man that's it's, how the it's only good it's, find just, out. it's just what it is it's Word I, of I, mouth. it's a good strap and i saw they dropped the navy so we're going to tell the masses and they got the nato line now working so if you haven't seen that stuff go check them out um okay so for me, uh, no surprise, I had to have an Omega on the list. Um, but I didn't want to go with your typical Omega. 
you know, you guys know I'm a Speedmaster guy, but I wanted to do something a little bit different. Let's face Probably. it, the bronze gold didn't fit under the budget. That's that's what happened here. <laughs> I was considering the bronze gold. Trust me, so was I. <laughs> I was like, oh, the bronze gold, but it's just above the budget. Um, it's fine. But uh, I went with the Aquaterra World Timer, which I think is a Ooh. super underrated watch. Um, for those of you who have not had the chance to witness one in person, it is phenomenal. And this watch for me checks a lot of boxes. If I was to buy uh, an Aquaterra, first of all, price point. This is a master chronometer certified world timer complication with 150 meters of water resistance at $8,900. Now, granted, that's on the rubber strap, but for all of you bracelet bros out there, it's available, you know, for 9,100 on the steel bracelet. Okay. Me, for me personally, this watch sings on the rubber exclusively. Like that to me is the only way to 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 wear it. Um, this is an amazing watch. It is a thicker watch. It's forty three millimeters, um, but it's one hundred fifty meters water resistant. Give me another world timer on the market today that doesn't cost fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand dollars that you can actually go swimming in. I mean, I can't think of any of them. I'm not going to mention the Casio World Timer, but well, I mean, okay, you know, we we can't always bring God tier watches. I'm... We can't bring God tier watches in the conversation because they are God tier for a reason, apparently. Uh, but I mean, you think about it. Look, think of every classical World Timer manufacturer. There's not a single one of those guys that you could wear actively. You know, I was like, oh, I got my you know my paddock World Timer. Like, cool, dude. You can't wash your hands with it. You know, like like. How is this a travel watch? It's a travel watch from like, I, I don't know, like the, the you know car to the hotel and like, that's it. Like, you know, walking up and down the streets, you're not jumping, you're not doing, you know, swimming stuff or active things. Like you could do every one of those things in this watch. And part of the reason why I love this watch so much is it's, uh, it is obviously a world timer, but Omega took some creative license with the dial and things like that. Um, that make it kind of unique. Uh, you'll notice that they have like BN, which is where Omega is based, uh, yeah. instead of I think uh, I think it's France that would normally be there. Or um, there's also uh, London time, which or London, which is on there as well. Like they took some creative license with this, uh, which is cool. I like that. Um, the other thing that that's really impressive to me is the dial. Um, so the actual world map is made in titanium. That looks really good, by the way. And from what I understand, and this is a very limited thing, this was explained to me a long time ago. From what I understand, Omega carves and colors the world map with lasers to wow. create the, the, the intricate pattern there. So basically what they're doing is they're carving out the detail, but as they're doing it, they're also changing the temperature of laser to basically turn it blue, green, or brown to simulate the different textures of the world map. So it'd be kind of like a bluing process, but with lasers, I guess. Jeez. But to me, that is so cool. And the fact that I can see that on my dial is even more amazing. You know, this is a watch that has a lot of depth, a lot of character. And it's one of those watches that when you own it, it doesn't matter what angle you're looking at. You're going to find something interesting to look at. And it really is beautiful. Um, now, again, 43 mil, it's a thick boy. We understand that. But being able to cram that complication in there, make it anti-magnetic, certify it through Metos, make it water resistant to 150 meters. I just don't know of anybody else out there that's doing it for under $10,000. I and mean, that's I mean, pretty that's I pretty understand impressive. it being 43 millimeters because it has some internal scales to read. Correct. I mean, you right? can't. That's what, 24 hour time in the middle? Yeah, you can't size that down. It would be illegible. No, and it has a, a day-night indicator on the 24 hours too. So Correct, yeah. No, that's a really nice touch. I like that a lot. But for me, that, that world map is everything. The titanium, how they color it, how they laser engrave it, that is so cool to me from a technical perspective because I, I just don't know of anybody else that's doing something that intricate and that elaborate on a watch like this. Again, $10,000 is a lot of money for a timepiece. But when you think about it systematically as to what you're buying for that $10,000, to me, it's a no-brainer. I, 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 
I challenge you to find something for me more visually interesting under the $10,000 price point than that. And this still screams Aquaterra. Yeah. You don't lose any of the language of, of, of what the Aquaterra brand is. And one of the things that I found that's, that some people notice, some people don't, if you notice like modern Aquaterra standard models, they have like the little you know, horizontal lines or whatever. Yeah. They go across. You'll notice that they have the lines on the dial, but they go um, vertical. Yeah, and they almost represent the uh, the longitude lines for for the for the actual world map because they kind of like curve out a little bit. I do see uh, that instead That's of being straight up and down. It's again subtle things that change the overall look of the watch, but still keep it in line with what it's supposed to look like in in context of the whole collection. You know what I mean? Uh, so to me, I know this watch doesn't get a lot of love. Like there's people who are diehard dead set on it and they're going to go buy it. It's a very hot watch. But the average consumer is like, ah, it's just a fat, you know, I don't really need it, you know, whatever. I don't want to give it a chance in person. So they don't. And uh, for my friends that are still in the industry, they've told me, it's like, when we had this watch in and somebody finally makes the opportunity to come and look at it, they always buy it because it is such an amazing watch to see. So if I had 10 grand, that's what I'd be buying. That's a nice choice. I got to say. I've always liked this watch, though. I, uh, a friend cool, of mine man. is like bonkers for this thing. This it's just a cool watch, and again, it's practical. Like that is, find me a better travel watch. Yeah, the blue looks really good. This also comes with what green? No, just uh, just blue. I thought uh, they made another color of this, didn't they? Mm-mm. So it's the blue on rubber, blue on steel bracelet, and then it jumps up to like precious. So there's like oh, a, I was gonna say that's what I'm looking at as a. A gold, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's like a Sedna gold, yep, and then a platinum one. I think is is the next. I think, I think it's yeah. I think it's Sedna gold and then platinum. If you want to be platy daddy, yeah, platy daddy. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my there's my under ten thousand pick. All right, and then time time for the comical category. I mean, I guess don't get me wrong. Under ten thousand is still pretty comical, but. <laughs> Over it 10, can be. and again, we we didn't try to go shoot for the moon on over ten thousand. It's something that an average person could save up for. I use the term average loosely, yeah, but relatively speaking, something that's not going to get your house foreclosed, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my first, at first, my mind immediately goes to, I'll say ALS because I don't want to say Alanga and Zona. Oh, that's okay. where my mind goes first. But it also yeah. kind of seems very mainstream because I feel like that's where people go as soon you as you go leave. geo. Did you go geo? I, I I didn't go geo, but you're okay. You're in the I'm in the I'm, vicinity. Okay. okay. Hold on. So I, I, I didn't want to go ALS because I feel like as soon as people leave Trinity, they go right to ALS. And a lot yeah, of people yeah. think ALS belongs in there. Let's sub somebody else out, like the Royal Oak brand, as people call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so that's where my mind went originally. Not you know, no sh- no shade against them, but they just they seem like the obvious choice. A watch that I like, I didn't pick this one, but I like was uh, Chapek, the Antarctic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. Bracelet looks cash. I've always really liked the dial. I always really liked the aesthetic of that watch. Fratello did a collab with them, right? They Fratello? did with like a greenish yeah. dial. Looks really really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where I landed, not G-O, G-P. Oh, did you go Laureato? Yes, Laureato Chrono at 18 grand. (laughs) Okay. Now this watch, I find this watch interesting because it seems like it would be a gentle watch, and it's not. Yeah. It looks very gentle, and a lot of people say, oh, it's a rip-off of the Royal Oak. Now, interestingly enough... It came out around the same time as the Royal Oak. Not before, but around the same time. And at this time, the Royal Oak was still considered kind of a flop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the idea that you would copy a flop is kind of ridiculous. So it's safe to say it's not a copy. Yeah. It definitely has a lot of 70s looks to it. But it also, interestingly enough, preceded the Nautilus and the Ingenieur. Yeah. So a lot of those Genta style watches, this precedes them. So it's safe to say that this watch is not a Genta copy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. 40, pretty standard, 42 mil chrono. Yeah, and this is an integrated bracelet. Yes, right? integrated yeah. bracelet. A L- lot of taper looks really, really good. It's like an H-link look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Texture dial. Now, you can get it Panda, which is a nice alternative to other Panda dials that you mm-hmm. can't even come into contact Touch. with. <laughs> Blue. Um, they just did a a really cool one that I really liked. It's a LE with Aston Martin. It's a green. The green is nuts. The shade of green they use is sick. Interesting. With Aston? Yeah, Aston Martin. Interesting, because I thought I thought Aston was with Tag. I thought they announced a partnership last year or the year before with Tag. Maybe that's already dissolved. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, but I this... get, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> it's ever changing. It's hard to keep track. You know, and the, maybe you call watch. us watching. Maybe you call it an itch scratcher because it. But I, it, really, it's kind of like an amalgam. If you take, I want yeah, a Royal I Oak. Would... I can't get one. I want a Daytona. I can't get one. I can get a Panda Dial Royal Oak looking thing. You know, it's funny that you said that because when I'm looking at this, it's like, to me, if a Royal Oak, a Nautilus, and a Daytona had a baby, <laughs> like that, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Checks all the hype boxes. Why not? You know, it's <laughs> why not? So, I mean, I, I'm looking at this and, and obviously the H-Link bracelet, it's going to share some similarities to something like a Nautilus. Yeah. Um, then you kind of look at the bezel and it's got more of that octagonal shape. You know, kind of more like like a Royal Oak, and then obviously, you know, design for the dials, things like that. It looks a little Daytona esque. So I can see this as a viable alternative to uh, to three extremely difficult watches to get. You know, like this this checks all of them, quite frankly. Right. And, and for eighteen, I mean, not that that's a steal, but by comparison, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's not like it's an ugly watch either. You know no. what I mean? Like it's not it's not hideous. It doesn't look weird. Um, some watches you're like, yeah, the specs are awesome. And it's just like it just doesn't sing. This watch actually looks really good. The only peculiar um, choice is the blue accents on the panda. Yeah, I would have the, to see that one in person. I don't know how the, I would feel about that. The, 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 the blue hands. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for I'll our, tell you, for the our... green one, if you can find the green one, it is sick. I was like, damn, that's cool. Oh, I think it's like a 150-piece LE. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically, unobtainium. Yeah. Unicorn. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But that was Man. my my off-the-grid pick for 18 That's a that's a solid choice. For 18 Gs. I, I'm not a – I'm not a – oh, there's the Aston one. Yeah, you know, I think I like the other one better. I think I like the other one better. Uh, I I prefer the hand set on the other one. Yeah. This one looks different. like they changed the hands a little bit. But definitely I can see kind of the racing aspect here. They did like a crosshatch dial, it looks yeah. like. Um, but it looks kind of like, like moto seats, you know, like something you find in a high-performance sports car, which makes sense since it's with Aston. But it's only a little bit more. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, not crazy. No, I would have thought it would have been way more expensive. But they did. It's a it's a production of one eighty eight. That's what it was. One eighty eight. One eighty eight. Aston Martin and Gerard Pergo. It says built out of true friendship. I don't know what that means, but hey, somebody shook some hands somewhere and made this happen. So that's cool. Cool for them. Yeah. So uh, my pick for the last one is ultimately and equally as about expensive. Um, I chose a Blanc Pond. Now you chose one earlier in 38. I'm choosing one in 42. I touched okay. on this watch last week. Um, it was something that I just I didn't want to uh, talk about again, but I kind of do because I like it. It's <laughs> so nice. This is it's a nice watch. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the this is the uh, the Blanc Pond Air Command. Um, specifically their version in titanium. Uh, Houdinki had posted this in their shop last week, and I saw it um, pop up, and I was like, man, that watch is so sick. But what I love about it is the juxtaposition between a very classically styled timepiece on the outside. When you're looking at it from the dial, you see the bezel, you see you know some subtle key references here. 
um, that look very classic. It's classic Blancpain, right? I see a lot of like 50 Fathoms elements in there. It looks really good. But then you flip the watch over and the movement is this, this beautiful, industrial, just futuristic looking movement that I'm just like, this is awesome. This is a watch that I would add because it's something that's very special from the front. But as soon as you flip it over, you know, it's cutting edge technology. It's something that's very fancy. Yeah, and it nice. looks it looks it looks awesome. Um, so I mean, it's it's nice. I like it. And titanium, lightweight. It's kind of military inspired. It's blue. I love blue timepieces. So this is kind of everything. It's very good looking. Does it bother yeah. you when the the sub dials cut off the numerals? No. I know that bothers some people. It doesn't bother me because I I know what the numerals are uh, <laughs> i i mean i like i understand that i understand the critique i understand the critique because it can be like a symmetry thing you know yeah where it's just like it just visually will just jar you and i get that you know but i also am willing to overlook it because it just looks cool you know what i mean and it's like i know that it's supposed to be a two i know it's supposed to be a four or an eight or ten you know, it's not like it's impeding my ability to read the watch. So, but yeah. to each their own, you know, there's, there's some, some people, quite frankly, they just could not live with that. And I get it. This watch comes in around 19,000. Um, so for that price, for most people, it better be damn near perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get that. Um, but for me, that's not a, that's not a concern at all. I think it looks awesome. Yeah. I think it's a little less offensive here because it's symmetrical. Yes. Like when I was talking about with the where the date cuts into the three, I think that being asymmetric, yeah, I think certainly. that's where it rubs people the wrong way. But I think this this looks fun. Yeah, it's it's just it's cool, man. They did a limited edition a few years ago when they first re-released this watch. Um, it got a lot of press. It was very hot. Um, and if you're looking at the photos, the the rotor on the back of that one's very cool because it was like a like a plain um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, propellers yeah so like very cool very very interesting looking uh, uh movement on the back but the one on this titanium just looks so industrial it's like kind of like skeletonized in certain areas it just looks cool very nice i think that's a nice that's my, a real nice pick. time piece to end up on you know it's just i i just didn't want to do something the same you know, I want something a little different. Um, it's something that I would certainly add to my own personal collection if I had almost $20,000 just laying around. But somebody bought a Moonwatch this year and uh, <laughs> a little tapped out probably for the next couple of years. Isn't that the funniest part about collecting is you save and then you're like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And then you're like, damn, I hope nothing good comes out because I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and we're right around the corner, I'm sure. I I know. I mean, we've already got some brands that have already dropped some stuff for this year already. I know it's only a matter of time before like just the whole industry floodgates yep. just like Yeah, that's coming. The, the levy the levy breaks and we're just going to get our inundated yearly inboxes just with just all these emails and stuff from all the periodicals like, "Oh, it's so and so who did this and so and so did that." So, I guess we'll have some more content to talk about. It's funny people really... people go into this time of year hoping that these new great watches come out that they can buy. I come into this time of year hoping that nothing good comes out so I don't have to buy anything. I you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just really Yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious again as a side note. I'm really curious to see what the crown's going to do. Not to not well, to get into a whole diatribe. They're going to take like, another bag of skittles pour it out and make another line of watches in those colors i guess so yeah well i saw i saw somewhat of those the leaked photos and i don't know if it's legitimate or not but the the leaked photo of the um the green the green hand gmt master like now on a jubilee bracelet i'm like oh seriously? a little seriously? more mix and match i love mix and match oh my god i'm just like uh, this is just no originality left but we're still going to increase the price point by 10 percent no big deal. I honestly like the concepts that come out this time of year better than the actual watches usually. Like when they yeah. 
people drop like the lime green on the gmt master i'm like oh that's cool never happening yeah 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 when when all of the like photoshop editors are making like their customized watches and good though they look nice like they are good they are good but as you know our friends with the crown will never will never do that so. actually hodinky i think put out an article recently where they they did some creative photoshopping and they shopped up yes. a bunch of like watches that they liked some of them came out really nice yeah i saw i saw danny milton's solid gold explorer 36 i was like come on danny seriously they might do that they're like off the wall enough to do that now i mean we got a two-tone why not i mean maybe but an explorer it's just like yeah, it's sacrilege, but hey. Yeah, it's sacrilege, man. It's like you're just like literally killing the legacy of that collection. I don't know. It's whatever, man. You know, people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And we'll be here to report it to you guys. Every week. Every week. And on that note, I think we'll take it out. Schmitty, always a pleasure. Folks at home, stay sexy. Take Until care. next week. Bye.